Welcome to Behind the Story, where we discover the story behind your favourite stories. My name is Lisa from the CoLab Press, and I'm also a contemporary romance author. And I'm Naomi Craig, author of the upcoming Ezekiel Song. We had a great pre-recorded session with Lorena Hoops. We're glad to share that with you today um, about her latest release, her saving grace. Um, but first, what are you working on, Lisa? Okay, well, I got lots of stuff going on. So um, one of the cool things is I'm doing recovering uh, my rom-com series. So I, um, first of all, I had a, a cover like this sort of thing, but I couldn't really find characters in stock photos. And so a lot of us who are writing rom-coms were having to get someone to draw it. So that was Fake Identity Mistake. And now I've got this new cover, which it's the first in the series and I, it was nice that it was a bit of pink and a bit bright and that kind of stuff. Um, I'd already had um, About Time You Proposed, like the second one. And the third one, which is my new release, that's just um, will be in the mail by the time this video is up. <laughs> but I might just pop it up on the screen. But that was my, my favourite cover. So that's been really cool. And then I thought, oh, well, so a couple of my books are a little bit rom-com-ish. Um, so I'm getting polarized love and no filter and that kind of stuff done by just that putting kind of a stuff. public service announcement here lisa has a new release on june was it 24 uh, so by the time this goes out yeah it would already been out uh june um 21st but uh when this goes live fake identity stake is going to be 99 cents not for a paperback, but <laughs> for an ebook, <laughs> and um, just for a few days, yeah. So around the first of July, um, the twenty eighth of June to the um, July the fourth, um, May the fourth be with you. Um, <laughs> sorry, I don't like it. Is that Star Wars because I don't like any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, the release is going out, and that's been fun. And I'm just in some box sets. Um, joined another one. Uh, it's called Falling for Your Boss, so that I didn't ever think I'd write it off as romance, but here I am. Uh, it's an opportunity to make some really funny stuff, so I like writing some awkward situations, so that's going to be cool. That's 99 cents, and there's like a bunch of, I don't know, 20 plus novellas in that one, so yeah, so it's been very cool. Good on you. How exciting. Congrats on your new release. That's exciting. Oh, you're yeah, just about yeah. as, busy, as busy as Lorena over here. So I'm feeling behind. <laughs> no, no, no. So um, you've got something coming to our critique group soon. Tell us what you've been working on. Uh, well, before that, unfortunately, I have to tell you that it happened to me. I opened up my thumb drive this Monday and I could not access my edits and my files. So, oh. and you know, I was, it was, it could have been really discouraging, but I was really at the place. Like I'd started a new Bible study um, by Ann Boskamp called Wayfinder. And I'm just about being still before the Lord. So I was already kind of in that. The Lord was already working in my heart to be still. So I haven't even looked at it. It was at the computer shop for the last two days. They couldn't find anything. It wasn't the thumb drive. It wasn't, it wasn't my Word document that needed to be rebooted. So it's just edits, thankfully, um, but it was 10 days worth of work. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. I was, um, you, you all were so brilliant and helped me with brainstorming some of my sticky spots for the next book that I'm supposed to be releasing to you soon, but 
and I have to get through these edits first. So <laughs> sorry, which so. book was this that needs you lost the edits on? Oh, it was Ezekiel song. So Ezekiel song. You know, right. that only launches that still a little bit of ways out. It's August, August 16 that it releases. So we've yeah. still got a little bit of time. So you got the original manuscript, but the edits from your critique group and from the editor. The edits from my last round of edits from the editor. So um, well, and it's so I got it earlier than the fourth, I think. So again, I just haven't looked back to see. I think I got through all of their edits. Um, and so then it was just my final polish. So, you know, I was just listening, had Microsoft Word read it to me and it's a really great voice. I would recommend, no, I'm just kidding. Listen to people like Lorena Hoops and narrating their audiobooks, not your Microsoft. <laughs> but <laughs> no, but it really does help you catch a lot. I don't know if you do that, but uh, yep. it really does. Like, whoa, that's just, what kind of person put this in this position? You know, like this word does not make sense. <laughs> Oh, it's definitely helpful. Yeah, I always do that all the time. And then it's like, I can't be bothered really actually reading the paper backwards, reading that book again. Like, but I just listen to it a few times and it picks up. And then my proofreaders, I have a few um, reviewers and then they, I ask them to pick up anything if they can see anything. So that sort of helps just to, because after you've listened and read your story that many times, you sort of like uh, need a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a reason why I'm ready for it to go to the world. And also like you're, you know, the story and you're skipping your reading and you, right. you're filling in the blanks, your brain fills it in. So you might miss something. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my, my sad story. So going on, oh, apparently. It's very sad. You do need to get onto Dropbox. <laughs> yeah. Dropbox or uh, an external hard drive. I get recommended that one like four or five times today so <laughs> yeah yeah well with Dropbox you can have a free um version and get quite a bit yeah. but if it's just for your manuscripts and that kind of stuff um you can use the free one I've my husband has the unlimited so I've got all these Photoshop um huge files and everything we've got unlimited so that's good but yeah if you just wanting to do it on the cheap you can get quite a lot of space just for Right, for just for words. For free, yeah. yeah, and your manuscripts and stuff. Awesome. The well, the story is saved in like many places. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Oh, well, I'm so glad you didn't lose the whole manuscript. Oh, I, I am too. I am too. So. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, let's bring on our guest. Uh, today is Lorena, best-selling author Lorena Hoops. In addition to writing, she also records and produces her own audiobooks as well as audiobooks for other clean authors. Lorena is still a part-time English teacher, as well as a full-time mum. She loves kickboxing at the gym. She also enjoys singing in the worship team at her church and acting on stage. Lorena, thanks for joining us on Behind the Story. Thanks for having me. It's so great to join you guys tonight. So for those who aren't familiar with you, what do you tell us about you and what you write? So my name is Lorena Hooks. I'm originally from Texas. Um, and so a lot of my books are still situated in Texas because, you know, there's that old saying that you can take the girl out of Texas, but you can't take Texas out of the girl. That's really true. Um, I have three kids and I've been writing for, gosh, I guess it's about six years now. Um, I write Christian romance, Christian fiction, and I also have a kids early readers series. Wow. Sounds awesome. Great. Okay, so we're featuring Her Saving Grace, and I'll just read a little bit about it. When they host a Valentine's pairing dance, Dougie thinks he might finally have a chance to see if his feelings for Holly are real. Unfortunately, she gets paired with someone else. 
someone from her past, and Dougie is forced to take a step back again. That is until he finds out something about the man that could harm Holly and change her life forever. So tell us, Lorena, what sparked this particular story? Um, so Dougie is actually uh, based off of one of my friends at the gym. Uh, one of the things that I like to do is uh, kind of think about real people when I'm writing so that I can help bring the characters to life. And occasionally I actually just make my friends into my characters. Um, so Dougie played a part. This is the third book in the series. Dougie was in the other two books and I always knew he was originally going to have his book. Um, but <laughs> this one was really hard because by the time I got to this book, Dougie and Holly had already been introduced and I was like, what do I do with them now? They can't really have their like meet cue because they've already known each other for three years, but I hadn't really done anything with them. Um, so this book was definitely a challenge to write. So I decided to throw a little mystery and suspense into it um, and kind of take it a little bit differently. I even structured this book different than most. It starts in the present and then goes back into the past and then brings you back up to present day and continues from there. Well, very cool. It's good to change things around. Does yeah, Dougie know about this? The Dougie, does he know about you've written a story about his love life? <laughs> yeah. Um, in fact, I told him uh, the other day when I went into the gym, I was like, hey, I'm finished with your book. Um, I had to make you a cop. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, it didn't work for you to stay where you were. So I had to make you a cop. Um, so he's waiting very patiently for the paperback because I always tell the people at my gym, um, if I'm, if I put you into a story, I give you a paperback for free. Um, and so I've already got them ordered. And as soon as they come in, then I'll give him his free paperback and he gets to, he gets to keep it as like a memento. Wow. That's so cool. Uh, what a clever idea. I love it. That it sounds like a fantastic story. Congratulations on your release. And I was looking at a couple of your reviews. Uh, Ren Woodland says, your books demonstrate moving from a believing Christian to a doing Christian. And Bunny Hop says, I love it when book characters don't give up. Holly was an interesting character. She went through a ton of trials, some on her own making, but came out the other side and learned to have faith. So tell, how do you answer some of these amazing reviews? Um, well, I think that first review was actually one of my favorites because that's kind of one of the things that I've been wanting to do with my books. When I grew up reading Christian romance, they were always like super cheesy and super preachy. Um, and I didn't want to write that when I started. And so I always wanted to try to do like characters who are a little more real and who actually go through struggles. Um, but most of my books have always just been like, oh, they have this little bitty struggle and then they find God and everything's perfect, you know, yay. Um, and so with this one, this, this one also was based off of um, a true story that happened to a lady at my church. Um, and so I took that and inserted that as part of the book. And it just kind of led naturally to these two people who kind of knew about God, but weren't really doing anything for God. They were, I don't know what you call them, like couch Christians, I guess. Like they went to church, they did their stuff, but they didn't really do anything else. And when I look around the world today, like we have a lot of couch Christians. And so I'm trying to like encourage people to get out off the couch and actually like do some of the the work that we're called to do in a way that again is not like preachy and in your face. So that was a really amazing review that I got from Ren. I loved that she picked up that I'm trying to introduce these doing Christians instead of just sitting around Christians um, and, and not over the top because I know people read to like escape the world. So I don't want it to be like too mired in where they're like, oh my gosh, you already gone through all of this. <laughs> um, but I want them to have that ability to be like, oh, 
I could do that. That's super simple. Like I've, I never even thought about that. I could go do that for God. So most of the time we don't have, I mean, I personally, maybe, maybe other people do, but like when I'm going through something, it's not an instant fix. Like you were saying, unfortunately, my sinful side will still keep popping up every couple of weeks or whatever. It's not a one and done fix. So right. I love seeing that in fiction. That's amazing. Yeah, it's good to see characters' journeys. And also, yeah, we're not like in the four walls of the church and only you just can do this and that, you know, serving in. It's giving examples through your characters' lives and how they interact, you know, can spark encouragement. Okay, so about this series, Her Saving Grace is book three in the Patriarch Peak series. So tell us more about the series. So the series actually was um, started to be a multi-author series with a group of other authors we were all going to write about this resort in Colorado. Um, but about that time, I decided that I wanted to take my books wide and not be exclusive to Amazon. Every other author wanted to stay exclusive to Amazon. So they kind of said, and eh, we don't really think your book's going to fit in with our series anymore. And I was like, okay, that's totally understandable. Um, so I had to kind of like pivot and take the idea. It's still set at a resort and it's still set in Colorado. Um, but I decided to take it a slightly different way and focus on um, like military veterans. So the first book really starts with um, Chance, who has, is out of the military after an injury, and he kind of falls into managing this hotel. And then we get introduced to his friend, um, uh, Israel, who's also another character at my gym, um, who gets the, he gets to be the star in the second book. And then Dougie, of course, works at the resort in the beginning. Um, and so it just kind of follows the different characters in uh, Courage Colorado, who all work or are related to these people at Patriot, Patriot Peak Resort. So yeah, I love that you're highlighting the service men and women. That's, that's also an underdone thing, in my opinion. So. All right, we have come to our midpoint question. So if you are watching this or listening to us, I'd love for you to comment below. Do you like unrequited love stories? Um, tell us if you're cheering for Dougie and Holly in this story. Um, and if you, if, what is your favorite? Drop a comment below about what your favorite unrequited love story is. Awesome. And so a midpoint question, if you comment, you'll enter in the draw. We always have a giveaway and Lorena is giving away a box set. So we'll have the details in our show notes. Um, now, is there a common theme to all your books? Because, you know, you've got, you said you've got some Christian fiction, Christian romance. Is there a common theme overall? Um, I think overall, like the theme that I have been trying to put in the books is real characters who grow. Um, and so sometimes that works out really well and people love it. And I've had a couple of reviews who were like, oh, I really hated this guy. And so I couldn't get into this book. I mean, I did start liking him at the end, but he just wasn't, you know, Christian enough for me at the beginning. And I was like, that's sort of my point. Um, so I like to write real characters um, who actually go through change. And so while all of my books are clean, some of them um, get a little closer to like closed door stuff because people make mistakes. And so I put that into... The book and so regardless of whether you're reading my romantic suspense or my regular romance or the um, straight christian fiction there's always just that theme of characters who are going through real things um, and learning from it and growing so that's probably the theme that goes through all of the books what would you like your readers to come away with saying about your books um the best one ever was actually my husband who's never read anything i've written uh, but one of the books that I wrote, I showed him the cover and he was like, 
it looks like the cover of a Hallmark movie. And I was like, fantastic. That's exactly what I hope people get. Like, I want it to feel like a Hallmark movie um, where, you know, you watch it and you get sucked in and then, you know, maybe it's, he's like, well, it's all really like formulaic. And I'm like, well, I like to throw some stuff in. So it doesn't always come out exactly the way you expect, but that's romance. You know, you know, when you start reading, you know, who's going to end up together just by the way it's structured usually. Um, but if that's what the readers get away with at the end, if they're like, oh, I just felt like I read or watched a really good Hallmark movie. Like that's what I'm going for. I want that sort of like sweet draw that actually, you know, sucks them in. So what about your suspense? Does, is there off page danger or is it on page? Like, cause you're saying Hallmark, some of your stuff's Hallmark. What, what about the suspense ones? Yeah, the suspense ones, I actually, I actually looked at submitting to Hallmark ones and they were like, yeah, we don't do suspense. And I was like, oh, they really should. Um, so the suspense ones are a little bit darker, but they're not super dark. Uh, Fire Games is the first one in that series. And it starts with, um, it actually was a spinoff of the Cowboys Reality Bride. So I had all these um, characters who were on this reality TV show, kind of like The Bachelor or Bachelorette. And then after I ended it, I was like, oh, I have all these great female characters and I didn't do anything with them. And I was going to um, include them in the rest of the series, but one really stood out. She was a, a fire fireman, firewoman. I don't know what you call them when they're females, female firefighter. And so I was just, her book just didn't lend itself to a regular romance. So that started the romantic suspense line. So she comes back and starts getting like, um, stalkery email or stalkery mail. She's going through her like um, fan mail and she finds that she's got this stalker guy. And so she gets paired up with this detective. And this detective is, of course, trying to find some missing children. So he doesn't really have time for her. Um, but they get thrown together and, you know, through that, uh, they come in. So my Men of Fire Beach is what I call it, but it's kind of like my Chicago series. Like it's doctors and cops and um, police detectives and everybody kind of all working together. And so you get introduced to almost all the characters immediately in the first book. And then each character has its own book as the series progresses. And then sometimes new characters come in. So um, some of them have been like, I had a virus thing in that, thankfully before COVID hit, um, but there was a virus thing. I've had a child abduction um, I've had a, um, woman who got sucked into like kind of a cult ring. And so it's a little darker, but I wouldn't say it's anywhere like Stephen King dark, you know? So yeah. it's still something that you could read, um, late at night and not, you know, be too scared about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, thanks for that. Then I'll try them out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit of a wuss. Uh, cool. All right. So I think you said you were been publishing books for six years. Yeah. yeah, I think my first one was in 2016. So um, I've been writing for a long time before that, but always the saggy middle is where I would stop. And so um, I just was like, okay, one of these days I was going home and I'd started a book um, kind of based on how my parents got together. And around that time, we were doing a 5k walk um, in our downtown here. And it just happened to be right across from a Planned Parenthood. And I was pulling my daughter out and there was this woman across the way who was waving her sign, you know, I love my reproductive health care. And it just like hurt my heart because, you know, here I am pulling my daughter out, putting her in a stroller. And um, God was kind of like, hey, you need to write this kind of like pro-life series. And I was like, no, I don't need to do that because nobody's going to want to read that. Um, and God was pretty insistent. So for like a week straight, I fought God and I didn't get a lot of sleep because he was like, 
no, I really need you to do this. Um, and so finally I was like, okay, if you want me to write this book, that's what I'm going to do. And I would just open up my computer and write until I didn't have any words. And then I would close it. And the next day I would wake up and have a whole lot more words. And so I wrote the first book um, in a month. And it's gone through a few iterations. So it started way more just like Christian fiction. It's kind of morphed into more of a romance now, but that was the, the first book. And I thought I was done. And then my mom was like, no, no, I need to know what happened with so-and-so. And I was like, oh, I, I guess I could tell her story. And that led to a third book and a fourth book. And I think there's 40 something now. So um, now it's to the point where, you know, I tell my husband, I'm like, I have to go write. And he's like, you're always writing. And I was like, yeah, but there's people in my head and they keep talking to me. And if I don't get them out on paper, then I have trouble sleeping. So I have to go like write them all out. Well, you seem like you have a quite an active life because I can see, I've seen your social media. I know you're doing YouTube stuff, you're on TikTok, you're doing plays with your school you're a part-time teacher uh so yeah how do you actually and a mom <laughs> kickboxer extraordinaire how do you fit in the writing like what's the schedule like you said you took a month for your first book like tell us a little bit about your writing yeah so the first book obviously wrote itself pretty quickly and sometimes they write themselves faster than others um i'm not a super plotter i'm a panster um i like to have an idea and then kind of go from there sometimes it works out great sometimes i get stuck and i'm like oh this doesn't work um but i think like uh my students give me a hard time because my desk is always cluttered i like to tell them i'm organized chaos but in the after school everything is structured so when i go home I go to the gym right away because that's like my hour to decompress and hit things and it's just fun. Um, and I get to just be me. I'm not a mom or a teacher or a wife or anybody. I'm just me. Uh, and then after that, I go home and have dinner and hang out with the kids. And then um, the other thing you forgot to mention is I also narrate audiobooks. So I do that usually from about eight to nine, then I put the kids to bed and then I'm usually writing from like 9.30 to 10.30, 11, um, and then going to sleep and starting it all over again, except for summers, which is what it is now. So I have a lot more time to write um, and narrate and do all the stuff that I don't get to do during the year, so. Wow, super impressed. I, <laughs> I have like way less than a fourth of your workload and I'm like, over my over it all so uh, so how did you get involved with with narrating that that's always something that's been kind of a draw but i've never actually looked into it so yeah so i would um a couple years ago i would say uh i started looking into acx and i was doing royalty share because i was like eh, I, I couldn't really afford to pay somebody up front and i thought well royalty share is a really easy way to get into it um, and I worked with a couple of uh, narrators and none of them were terrible, but as I was listening to them, I was like, that's not really the way I wanted the book to go. And my husband was like, why don't you just record it yourself? Cause I used to be in radio. I was a disc jockey for a while. Um, and I did, you know, debate and theater. So I'm used to talking in front of people and microphones don't scare me. And I was like, well, I don't know if I have the stuff, but I started looking into it and I was like, okay, I'm going to just give this a try. So I recorded a couple of my books and put them up for um, readers and what readers said was even if I'm not like the most schooled on how audiobooks sound because I don't actually listen to audiobooks myself it drives me nuts um, but readers told me like we like hearing you read your own books because you pause in the right places like we know where you meant to have pauses and when I go back and listen to some of the books that I had hired out at the beginning with royalty share I'm like oh yeah they're not this is not how I wanted this book to sound so I'm waiting for them to go uh, out of their seven years so I can redo them and put them up myself but um so I did my own for a while and then once I felt 
um, pretty confident that readers liked them, listeners liked them. Um, then I just, when I heard other clean narrators were like, hey, I want to find somebody. I was like, well, hey, I narrate if you want me to, you know, audition for you. And so um, I actually have now, I don't know, I guess about 15 narrators, clean narrators that I've done audiobooks for. Um, some I do all of their books, some I just do, you know, certain series. Um, but it's been a lot of fun because I don't always get the chance to read with my schedule. But if I'm narrating for other people, then I get to read amazing books while I'm narrating. So it, it's a win-win. Wow. How do you go with the editing process, like with the audiobooks? Because I know sometimes people say like the an hour recording is like maybe two and a half hours worth of work because of the editing and um, editing at the you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, I used to do my own editing and it did take a long time. And so um, when I got to the point, I was like, okay, I have a ton of these books in my queue. I'm not getting time to write. I actually hired uh, an editor. And so I send the files to her. I'm really good about when I make a mistake, like I go, meh. And that's her like cue that there's going to be this noise. And I taught her how to edit it out. And then she sends it back to me. Um, and I sometimes will listen through the files. Sometimes I just throw them up. And then I have another listener who goes through, I call her my beta listener. She goes through and listens to it as someone who listens to audiobooks. And then she'll tell me like, hey, there's a weird pause here. Hey, there's this part that didn't get edited out. Um, and so it goes through two or three people before I send it off to the author. And then of course the author listens to it again. And if they need any changes, um, then I do that. But yeah, it's true. Like when when narrators say they, they charge per hour, that's only per finished hour. So if your book is six hours, when I, when I, when I put the files in, you're only paying me for six hours of work, but I've probably spent 18 hours, you know, on this book between recording and editing and processing the files and things like that. So that's, it's sadly one reason I don't do royalty share anymore because mm -hmm. um, ACX used to pay us for the codes. And so I was like, okay, if the book doesn't ever do anything, at least I get some money from the codes I can give to my listeners. Um, but when they stopped that, it's just at this point as a narrator, you never know if you're going to get paid. So I'll do royalty share plus where I at least get a portion of it. Um, otherwise, I just do the straight per hour. But I, my rates are pretty low. So I, I try to stay where I know other authors can afford me because audiobooks are expensive. So it is. It's very expensive. And then there's no guarantee they're going to get their money back. And and it's a long time, you know, usually like right. they're getting that. Right. So a lot of authors, um, indie authors, are starting to upload their audiobooks to YouTube. And some of them are doing AI voices and then they've got their narrated ones. So uh, I know you, you've done that and you've monetized your YouTube. It's just starting out. You've got your subscribers. And we saw the post of Victorine Leesky. She's doing great, you know, making lots of money. <laughs> saw your post so it's like oh it's not, a, not like that for everyone like so um it's a lot of effort uploading and all that kind of stuff but you've got those audiobooks already so people can go and check out your your narrated books um on your youtube we'll have that link so just tell us a bit about that and how's it going and for other authors that are watching you know what what do you think about that um <clears throat> I'm, I'm still waiting for the first payment from youtube so it's really, it's really interesting. Like I'm super excited that Victorine had such amazing success. Um, one thing though, I think is she has been an author longer than I have. And she got in kind of in that when the market was still really sweet and has a huge list that she was able to market to anybody who started around the time I did or later, our email lists are a whole lot smaller just because people are less likely to give their emails out, you know, and there's so many of us. Um, so if you don't have a huge audience, it's an uphill climb. 
And I had one of my um, authors that I narrate for ask me, she was like, well, what would it take to buy my files? Because she had done a royalty share plus. And I was like, well, I mean, I could give you the price. It's going to be, you know, a couple hundred up front. I said, but you need to know you're not going to make that right away on Amazon or on YouTube, because you, first of all, you have to hit a hundred dollar threshold before you get paid. And what I found is it's really hit and miss. And honestly, what's really weird is while people listen to my audiobooks on YouTube, my, my videos that get the most views are 16 second shorts that I call um, confessions of a character where I portray a character from my book and just say something that kind of sums up what happens. Those are actually the videos that get the most views. So I'm like, I don't know what's happening with these, like, you know, audiobook versions. They're here. People listen to them, but they're literally like 20 views or something. And I'll put out one of those 16 second character shorts and it'll get 600 and something views. So I think it's also um, making sure that you have more than just your audiobooks. One of the other things that a lot of the authors have talked about is they've been demonetized. And that's something, knock on wood, that hasn't happened to me. But I think it's because I have so many of these other. Uh, types of videos where it's my face and my characters and I'm talking about my books and I'm really careful to kind of like put the descriptions in and link them all to my website and my you know pay hip where people can purchase and stuff so I haven't had the demonetization problem so I would say if you want to go that route um, don't just put your audiobooks up have some books about yourself talking about the books talking about um, you know characters or Sometimes I'll even just throw, like, I'll make a TikTok of the pages, the page flips, you know, those, those videos, and I'll throw that up on YouTube. And it doesn't always get a ton of views like it does on TikTok, um, but YouTube's weird. I'm still trying to figure it out, but it's, it's been fun. Um, and I'll probably keep it up just because I know there are some people who listen to the audiobooks on YouTube who would never purchase one. So it's an avenue for them. And I know there are other people who like to purchase and own it. And so they'll still go and like buy the audiobooks. Um, but I always also, I also have my audiobooks for sale on my PayHip site. Um, and I, I charge just what it would cost for the ebook. So, and then it's delivered through book funnel. So that's another thing that I would say to authors, like if you, especially as you're getting started on YouTube is look into that as well, where people can buy your, uh, your ebook direct or your audiobook direct from you. And then BookFunnel actually delivers them all the files. And BookFunnel is amazing like that. So, so out of all of these amazing um, things that you do, which is your favorite? Uh, <laughs> no, it depends on the day. Um, so I don't know. I woke up this morning and saw that my YouTube had gotten like 400 views at seven o'clock in the morning. And I was like, what were they watching? And it happened to be one of those character videos. So I, you know, got up and threw another one of those on. Um, and that was super fun. Some days, more days, I probably enjoy writing or narrating um, more than anything else. Because while I don't mind doing videos, it's a lot of just like recording myself and making sure my kids don't interrupt. And my husband doesn't look at me weird because every time I pull my phone out, he's like, what are you doing now? And I'm like, author stuff. Like I'm trying to make myself relevant here. Um, but he doesn't necessarily understand all the advertising that you have to do as an indie author. It's, it's definitely something that I did not know when I got in. I was like, hey, I'm gonna write a book and people are gonna love it. It'll be great. And then I was like, I do what? there's so much other stuff um, that you have to do. So I would say most of the time writing and narrating are my, my favorites. So yeah, definitely doing all these videos, <laughs> but we're just <laughs> going to be out there. I, I really admire you that you're getting out there and 
just putting your face out there. Not a lot of authors want to do that. And I guess, you know, we have our introverts and we have, I definitely think you're an extrovert. <laughs> and Naomi and I, I we don't mind doing that, but still it can be a little bit awkward and cringy, but we just got to push past that. Um, cool. What's something people would be surprised to learn about you? Um, so I always love this game at the beginning of the year because we always have to come up with something that like, oh, new teachers might not know about you. Um, so one of my favorite things that I like to tell people is I was once a contestant on Wheel of Fortune. That's super fun. Um, and it's, it's a really funny story. They came here to Tacoma, which is a little farther up from where I live. And I couldn't get anybody to go with me. I was like, hey, Wheel of Fortune is auditioning. Come with me. Like nobody would come. So I had to go do it by myself. Um, and then it was really just a big luck of the draw. They put your name in this drum and they draw you. And um, I was one of the last people called. But then once you get up there, they want to see if you have any personality. So he was like, what can you do? And I was like, uh, I can sing. Um, so I ended up singing for like a bunch of people at the Emerald Queen Casino, which was super fun. And then, um, then there's like a whole process. Then you got, you get picked to go to this next part and you have to go take an actual test and practice spinning an imaginary wheel, which was super uncomfortable and weird. Um, and then after that, you finally get to make it to the show. Um, so that was a really cool experience. So that's one thing that I like to tell people. Uh, the other thing that I'll tell people that shocks them a lot is that my husband and I technically had our first date in Paris, which is super fun to, to tell people too. Wonderful. That's yeah. a bonus for the romance points right there. I know. <laughs> so uh, tell us about what's coming up next for you, Lorena. Uh, so currently I am working on um, Take a Chance on Me, which is my first romantic comedy um, that's going to be part of the USA Today list aiming romantic comedy. Um, I don't even know the name of the actual book because we promote it all the time. I think it's like Be My Valentine or something like that. Um, my I Funny Valentine? The... Yes, My Funny Valentine, thank you. <laughs> I know because um, I'm in it. <laughs> so I, was, I figured you were. I was like, wait, I think Lisa's in this too. Um, <laughs> They're not for the that, <laughs> that is what I am currently working on. Um, and my goal with it is to have it finished before way before January. So I can actually have the next book in the series released shortly after that. Um, I've already hit the USA Today list with a couple of other uh, big groups, but I, I wanted to do this one because um, it's a really great way to get your book out in front of a bunch of people. And so I figured if I'm going to launch a romantic comedy line, what better way to do it? Um, I am super enjoying it because uh, I'm writing in first person present tense which is not something that I usually do, but I really like enjoying it. Um, and I had this really cool idea of um, what if somebody just made all of their decisions with a magic eight ball? Um, and so that's kind of the premise behind this book. And so I actually bought a magic eight ball um, that I'm gonna give away when the book comes out, I'm gonna give it to a reader, but I'm actually using it when I write. And so like, sometimes I'll put it in the bed and my husband looks at me and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I'm gonna have to use this when my character needs to ask the eight ball something. And he was like, what, what? <laughs> um, so he hasn't really, he hasn't really gotten on with the idea yet. But um, so yeah, the, one of the characters in the books is dared to make her decisions for the next two weeks using this magic eight ball. And so it plays this um, huge role in the book. So I'm having a lot of fun with that. Um, I've had to like hide it from my kids though, because they take it and then they shake it. And I don't know if you remember magic eight balls, but if you shake it, then they get all these bubbles and they're really hard to read. Then you turn it over and you're like, I can't tell what it says because there's so many bubbles on it. So I've had to hide the magic eight ball from the children. 
I'm sure the kids would love to get onto that. How how old are your children? Um, 12, nine and seven. No, yeah, nine. I think he's only nine. Man, time goes so fast. 12, nine and seven, yes. <laughs> yeah, I have three children around all that same age, but I have four older ones as well, <laughs> adults. So yeah, but yeah, the three young ones there. They're, they're into yeah. everything. Well, that sounds like a really cool premise. So um, I found also writing first person and then like, I've just tried to write some third person and it is like, this is weird. And this doesn't, this is like wrong. <laughs> oh, it's I, just so awkward. So I had started this before um, her saving grace. Cause I was like, as soon as I got into it, I was like, oh, I want to at least get some words down and see how this is going. So I started writing it in first person present. And then I was like, oh crap, I've got this deadline for her saving grace. Cause I put it up on pre-order a year before. And I was like, oh, I just need a couple of months. Um, but it was so hard to get dialed back into third person past tense. Um, and then of course, Dougie and Holly just didn't want to like, they didn't want to work easily for me. So I started, restarted this book about eight times. Um, but yeah, it was really challenging. And so then I had to just put it aside for a while, which is never good because then it's percolating in my head and I'm like, oh, I want to go write about that, but I, I can't right now, um, which I think also made it hard to finish her saving grace. But so finally I get to go back. So I'm excited about that. Um, I also have a, my first YA series planned. Um, I bought a cover a couple of years ago and I've just never gotten around to actually writing it. So that's something um, that I'm hoping to do before the end of the year as well. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely have to put these links. Everyone needs to follow you on YouTube, TikTok, join your newsletter <laughs> and yes. comment so you can win um, the new release. So thank you so much, Lorena, for being with us on Behind the Story. Thank you for having me. It's been such a blast. So remember to connect with Lorena Hoops. Uh, we will have the links and she's offering a box set ebook. So we'll put that in the in the uh, comments as well. And Naomi, what's the midpoint question to be in the draw for that? The midpoint question is, do you like unquieted love stories? And what is your favorite one that you read recently? Comment below with that to be entered into the draw for Lorena's box set. Also go to a website and she's got a free novella for you, The Billionaire's Impromptu Bet. So, and what about you, Naomi? Do you have a freebie for us? Yes, I love freebies. Woohoo, free books. I've got On Desolate Heights. It's a biblical fiction about Balaam and his talking donkey. And I've got a rom-com, fake engagement mistake. You can grab that in audiobook narrated by professional narrator <laughs> uh, for free uh, or the ebook. You just go to my website, the link below as well. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Behind the Story. Until next time, let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. See you next time.